1: Welcome to the Herd and 10 podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fortinsky. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Herd and 10 podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fortinsky. You can find me on Twitter at jfortinskyNFL. You can also check out any of our dedicated social media accounts by searching Herd and Ten or Herd and Ten Podcast. So let's get right into this episode. I have a bunch of things that I want to cover. I want to start off with COVID-19 protocols because those are really going to come into play depending on who has and who hasn't received their COVID-19 vaccine. Now, they're quite different protocols when it comes to fully vaccinated players and not fully vaccinated players so having one shot is still not enough you have to be fully vaccinated to be able to have no daily testing required masks will not be required in the club facilities or during team travel there will be no physical distancing required in the facilities outside of the facilities as long as you're with other fully vaccinated individuals No quarantine required after high-risk exposure to COVID. That's really interesting. So if someone's fully vaccinated, if a player is fully vaccinated and someone who they've been exposed to has COVID, they do not need to quarantine if they are fully vaccinated. There'll be no travel restrictions, no capacity limits in the weight room if all the players in the weight room are fully vaccinated. You, as a player or Coaching staff, if you're fully vaccinated, you can eat with fully vaccinated other individuals in the cafeteria. There will be no restrictions on social media, marketing, sponsorship opportunities. They can use the sauna and steam room. They can interact with other vaccinated family and friends during team travel. Now, if you're not fully vaccinated, you basically can't do any of those things. There's restrictions, there's 15 player limits in the weight room you have to get tested every single day you have to wear masks everywhere the point is here is it's drastically different depending on whether you're fully vaccinated or not and that's really important here because i want to just take a moment to talk about this because getting vaccinated is really important and again i've said this previously you can't force players to but when players see this list of things that they have to do if they're not vaccinated versus getting fully vaccinated. To me, it seems like a no-brainer to get fully vaccinated. It makes your job as an NFL player significantly easier. It makes the team's efforts to working together, practicing together, eating together, working out together significantly easier. So my hope is that the majority of the Buffalo Bills will get fully vaccinated So, that they can do these things normally, that they can hit the weight room together, eat together, hit up the steam room together, like all these things as a team. You wanna be able to do those things together and not necessarily always have to wear a mask and not be able to give each other high fives and whatever it is indoors. It's nice to be able to just live with some normalcy. And it sounds like if a player is fully vaccinated and he's with other players that are fully vaccinated, they can basically treat it like things were prior to the pandemic. And if a player is not fully vaccinated, they basically can't do those things. So to me, again, seems like a no brainer, but I know that a lot of the players are still against getting vaccinated in general and let alone getting fully vaccinated with both shots. Next topic I want to cover is what Josh Allen said in his press conference earlier this week. So, If you don't know, the Bills were at a three-day mandatory minicamp when I'm recording this. They're still in that minicamp, but by Friday, that will be, I believe, the last day or I think Thursday is the last day of the mandatory minicamp. Key is mandatory, so everyone is actually there. Not everyone's practicing. Some guys are still hurt, but everyone needs to be there. What's interesting is, is Allen was asked specifically about how he can take a step forward, what he's planning on doing, what he has already done in the offseason. And he answered with essentially saying that he's got to just keep working on his physical abilities and really honing in on those. He talked specifically to the press about the fact that there's that muscle memory and his old throwing technique can sometimes creep back in. So really spending the time to avoid those mistakes, to ensure that his muscle memory is changing and that he's going to remember the new throwing mechanics and not his old throwing mechanics that caused him to be inaccurate. So it was just interesting to hear him say that. It's nice to hear that he's still clearly aware that although he almost won the MVP, although he was arguably the best quarterback in the league last season, He still understands that there can be things that can take you backwards. And he wants to make sure he doesn't take those steps backwards. So it is good to hear that. He's still really focused. He's ultra laser focused on the idea of his physicality and his body and making sure that it's not just in great shape, but that he's training it in the right way so that he can perform on the field. He was also specifically asked about second-year wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins. Now, a lot of you either know him or don't know him because he didn't play last season. That's because he had some injury issues. He had a shoulder injury, and he missed the entire season. There was a lot of excitement about him last off-season, And although there was no preseason, in practices, he really showed up and showed out, and a lot of people, specifically the press, had a lot of positive things to say about him. Talking about his size, at six foot three, two 201 pounds, he's a big dude, and the Bills don't have a lot of big physical receivers. But what's unique about Hodgins is not just his size, but it's also his speed, and that's what Josh Allen spoke about specifically in his press conference this week. He was asked, has he been impressed with Isaiah Hodgins so far, especially because he had missed so much time? And Allen basically said he was really impressed with the way Hodgins has bounced back from his injury, that he looked really sharp, and that he's surprisingly and deceivingly fast. Because you look at him, he's a big, sort of clunkier guy, but he's actually got a lot of speed. And Josh specifically spoke about Hodgins' ability to get in and out of quick short routes. He actually talked about that he thinks Hodgins could be really effective also in slot type scenarios. So at 6'3", 201 pounds, you better believe that putting him in the slot is going to create a mismatch. I would also argue he creates mismatches when you look at the red zone. I think that if Hodgins can make the roster and he can stay healthy, he could really do some damage in the red zone. With that type of size and his attitude about just going up and getting the ball, you better believe he's going to be really effective in red zone opportunities because he's just got the sheer size that a lot of the other Bills receivers just don't have. But I really like the take that Allen talked about when he said that Hodgins looked really quick because it is deceiving. When you look at him, you don't expect that. But if we're hearing that from Josh Allen, that's a really good sign. That tells me that Hodgins is ready to take a step forward. And he's also ready to be a utility type of player. He's a player that could do a few different things. He's not necessarily a straight, wide-out, big player that can go catch the ball when you toss it up to him or that can fight for the ball in the end zone. He can also do some short routes. And he's clearly working on being a little more efficient because that's what Josh spoke about is that Hodgins really looked efficient and he looked quick. Not everything is just about straight speed. It's also about how quickly you can get out of your routes and also adjust your route tree to get open. So it sounds like Hodgins really looks good so far. And just based on hearing some of the things that the media have said at Mandatory Minicamp is that Hodgins has actually shined. They have really noticed him out there. They have noticed that he's taking a step forward. He's clearly making a really big impact to try to make this roster Because the receiving core is going to be tough to make this year on the Buffalo Bills. And if Hodgins wants to make it, he's going to have to prove that he can do more than just one or two things. He's got to be able to do a lot of things, and he's got to show some reliability. Because the Bills like reliable receivers. You look at Gabriel Davis in his rookie season. Super reliable, made some great catches. You look at veteran receiver Cole Beasley, who has become a really staple piece of this Bills offense and he's been a reliable option down the middle for short routes for Josh Allen. and then of course you have Stefan Diggs who's as reliable as they come the guy just works so hard he wants to make every single catch no matter how difficult and then you have a new addition in Emmanuel Sanders who really prides himself on his work ethic and that comes from Years and years of practice and reliability again. All the receivers the Bills currently have, all the ones that played last season are very reliable guys. So if Hodgins wants to make a case for himself to not only make the team but actually get significant snaps on the offense, he's going to have to prove that he's reliable. It's great that he's big. It's great that he's working on his efficiency in route running and his quickness. But he also has to work on his hands. He's got to make sure that he's a reliable target. Because otherwise, the offense and Josh Allen are not going to want to throw him the ball. I have high hopes for Hodgins. I thought he was going to be really good last year. Of course, he went down with a shoulder injury. But I think he's going to be something special this year. I think he's going to be a real surprise to a lot of people. I think he may become a legitimate piece to this Bills offense. Especially if they're going to make a significant run in the playoffs, they're going to need guys like Isaiah Hodgins to step up and not just in short game opportunities, not just in 50-50 balls, but also getting touchdowns. This Bills offense was amazing in the red zone and adding a guy like Hodgins with his size could only make the Bills red zone offense better. Now, just before we go to a quick break, I just want to tell you who's going to be coming on. We have a really exciting guest, and that's Tyler Moss. He's a fantasy football and scouting expert for Dynasty Nerds. Had a great chat with him, really picked his brain about fantasy football. He is a Dolphins fan, so it's nice to get his perspective on the Bills, and he definitely appreciates how good the Bills have become and how they're becoming a true juggernaut. So we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get right back, We'll be talking to Tyler Moss of Dynasty Nerds. Thanks.
0: It's the gift-giving season, and now there's a great card game that gives you action on any televised football game you watch. Just add your family, friends, and fun, and you have the drive. Playthedrive.com. If you miss the drive, you miss the party. Playthedrive.com.
1: Hey, Bills Mafia. This has been a crazy year with a lot of changes. Good changes like the Patriots not sitting at the top of the AFC East. But this year has certainly brought some challenges and has made it harder for us all to connect with our fellow sports fans. If you're a big sports fan like me, then you need to join this new sports fan community called Playing the Field. Playing the Field has developed a dating and community app centered around our sports fan lifestyle. It is a great sports focused interface from their profile trading cards in your favorite team's colors down to their bubblegum in app currency. The best part is that right now, while they are still in beta, it is 100% free to join. And you also get extra in-app bubblegum that you can trade in when their premium features get added in a few months. Go to playthefielddating.com and sign up now to buddy up, recruit teammates, or find your MVP. Also, be sure to check out their podcast, The Fan Experience, where they interview sports fans just like you and me, and let them share their fan experiences. The fan experience is live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can't have a team without a mate. Go and find one now at playthefielddating.com. Welcome back to the Herd and 10 podcast. As I mentioned earlier, we have Tyler Moss of Dynasty Nerds on. If you don't know him, you got to check out his stuff. He's a fantasy football writer. He's really a fantasy football whiz, if I may say so myself. Tyler, how are you doing today? Tell our listeners where they can find your content and that sort of thing.
0: Hey, uh, I'm Tyler Moss. Uh, all my content is ran through my Twitter. That's where I post basically everything, all my new updates, everything that I'm doing, um, as well as a bunch of nonsense uh, and and fun based uh, Twitter postings. That's Tyler Moss NFL um, is where you can find me. Uh, yeah, I do I do some work with Dynasty Nerds. Um, I've been actually pretty buried with school uh, for the past few weeks, so I have to get back on the train with writing, but um. Most of my content and every everything that's happening in in my life, uh, content-wise, is put through my Twitter. So, again, that's Tyler Moss NFL, that's where you can find me.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Tyler. So, happy to have you here, talking about the Buffalo Bills. I know you're not a Bills fan. I know you're a Dolphins fan. But this is a Buffalo Bills podcast, and I'd like to get the takeaways and the opinions from people who are not Bills fans. I think that it gives us an interesting perspective on things. So I wanna start off with the fact that we just opened up. The Bills are having their three day mini camp, and it's mandatory, of course. So you got all the players there now. And I wanna get your take on someone specific between Jake Fromm and Mitchell Trubisky. Now, we know at this point in time, Mitchell Trubisky has the backup role locked up. The question becomes, Is Jake from worth another roster spot or do the bills trade him? Do they cut him? Does he end up on the practice squad? There's a lot of different things that can happen, but I want to get your take on if it's worthwhile for the bills to keep Jake from, if he impresses in mini camp and then hopefully in the preseason.
0: Yeah, uh, he's just not a guy that impresses. That, that's not what he did at Georgia. Um, that's not what he'll continue to do as his career progresses. The guy is a career backup. And, and that's that's not coming after him too much because, again, we need that in the NFL. You need solid game managers to back up your, your primary quarterbacks. Obviously, there's zero concern that any other quarterback will take snaps that are relevant uh, in this system uh, that isn't named Josh Allen. Uh, I have him as it's clear top 10 as far as you want to take him as opinions uh based on that but when it comes to the backup position it could swing either way um i could see why i'd go to mitch uh but i i would probably lean more with the safe jake from in my opinion because it's just he's a fantastic game manager i didn't rate him very highly last year Uh, coming out I I knew this was kind of the position he was going to be put in now obviously got thrown into a a horrendous position uh, as far as you know his career could go as when it comes to things like becoming a starter and and things along that line Um, but I don't see him ever really shining uh, more or less just continuing to do his job you won't see reports coming out of camp to say wow Jake Fromm is really throwing the ball uh, all over the place today and dominating in practice. You won't see that from him. You'll just maybe continue to see reports that he's progressing well. Um, He looks like he could land a roster spot. I I think he does make the roster. Um, But we won't really see very much of him because you do have a top 10 quarterback in the league. Um, But I think he's good enough to to hold the roster spot. I, I still think he... In case anything does happen to Josh Allen, uh, as a Dolphin fan, I'm just going to stop right there. Um, <laughs> Jake Fromm can definitely definitely step in and, and, I guess, balance the team. There's a lot of really solid weapons. And you guys have added, again, another one uh, in this draft class that he doesn't need to do much if he's called on to do something. Um, and I think that's the position he needs to be in. So I definitely could see him landing a, a roster spot.
1: Yeah, I like that take because there's a couple things there that you bring up that I really like, which is that Jake Fromm is sort of status quo and consistent, though. We don't need, like you said, a guy to shine because, of course, we have Josh Allen. And when you have a guy who you're developing, hopefully, developing, Jake Fromm could be that long-term backup solution that doesn't cost a lot of money. Cause that's tricky. It's very difficult now to find a really good backup quarterback that you can have for three plus years. Who's also making basically league minimum. It's not easy to find even look at Mitchell Trubisky. He took a really sweet deal with the bills, but he's likely going to be out of Buffalo in one year. And then who takes over? Well, the hope is that Jake Fromm can be that answer. And from your take, it sounds like he could be a long-term answer. And given the fact that he's maybe not a starting caliber quarterback, he might be content with signing on a small deal for multiple years. And that's my hope personally is that Jake Fromm can be the backup for many years. And I hope the bills don't cut him. I hope they don't trade him because if he is who you think he is and who I hope he is, He could be around for actually quite a long time as a steady backup behind Josh Allen. The next thing I want to cover is Zach Moss. So Zach Moss has a really interesting year last year. He's quite highly touted, comes to the Bills. There's a lot of hope that him and Devin Singletary are going to do something special. And they just completely fall flat. Zach Moss has a whole slew of different injuries. And even when he's playing, he just doesn't seem to have the motor. It's funny, motor, motor, Singletary. But Zach Moss doesn't seem to have the motor that he needs to really excel in the NFL. Now, my hope is coming into his second year, he's going to take that next step. He's going to be healthier. He's going to be more prepared for what the NFL brings. Do you have any takes about Zach Moss? Do you feel like he's going to take a step forward? Is he going to play the way we had hoped he would last season?
0: Yeah. uh, So I, I was actually a pretty solid believer in Zach Moss out of Utah. I did a lot of work. Um, I first had stepped, I guess, a little bit of touch, a bit of background on me. I I, I stepped in the industry last year around January, as far as content creation is Uh, Zach Moss was one of the first guys, first projects I kind of took a a hold of. I do a lot of, um, a lot of draft scouting. So on the offensive side of the ball. So Zach Moss was a guy that I, I looked at fairly early. He was a guy that I was pretty impressed with. Um, and, and I think when we look at the Bills, I think everyone decided, you know what, they're drafting a running back. Let's just commit to their drafting a running back. Zach Moss didn't work out, throw him away. Devin Singletary didn't work out, throw him away. They're drafting a running back. Can't wait for them to do it. And even with guys falling, guys like Kylan Hill, Khalil Herbert, who fell all the way down to sixth, seventh round, who um, I had scouted very very highly um they fall that way and the Bills still don't grab one of them it just gives me the mindset that they're confident in the guys that they have they believe in Zach Moss to take that next step they believe in Devin Singletary to be a good uh, secondary role um or maybe flipped uh maybe we see it differently and Devin, Devin Singletary becomes the core guy I see Zach Moss as the guy that they end up running with but I think they told us all that all that they needed to say uh, when it comes to Zach Moss that, Hey, we believe in this guy. You know, everyone's saying we're going to take a running back. We're not going to do that. We're going to stick to our guns and take, you know, uh, interior offense and defensive line. We're going to stick to, you know, boosting up the defense, grabbing a bunch of secondary pieces in the sixth round, um, even throwing in a wide receiver as, as a fun new addition to the offense, but not a running back. So I think the bills told us everything you need to know about Zach Moss Um, without really our opinions taking taking place in anything they they say that you know we're good with these guys we think these guys are going to be the ones to uh to help the offense uh as far as the running side of the ball And, and listen in the end if they aren't the guys you draft another another running back next year you have one of the best passing offenses in the league it's not something that you're really deeply dependent on uh, you just want to see good progression out of Zach Moss and Devin Singletary again this year, and I think there's a step up. I think every guy takes a takes a little bit to, uh, to finally get acclimated to the NFL, and maybe that's all Zach Moss needs. Um, but as far as do we do we believe in him? I think the Bills do, so that that makes us believe in him too.
1: I like that answer, and I like the final thing you said there, which is. You can always go get another guy. You haven't blown significant capital on either Singletary or Moss. And most importantly, you're a pass first offense. Yes, you do need some running back potential. You need some of that to work because it will help the pass game. Specifically, when we look at the playoffs, the Bills struggled late in the playoffs against the Kansas City Chiefs. Because they weren't able to control the game. And that's because they couldn't really run the ball at all. Josh Allen's a wonderful quarterback. I love the guy. But you can't give him everything. You can't put everything on him on this offense. It's not fair. And it's really not the way to go all the way and win a Super Bowl. When you look at all the other top teams in the NFL, top teams that have won the Super Bowl in the last handful of years, they've had great quarterback play, but they've also had good solid running back play. So the bills definitely need to solve that. And look, maybe Matt Breed is going to solve that issue because he's also a good veteran that may end up leading this running back core. So the point here is there's a lot of different things they can do. And there's no question that Zach Moss has potential. It's just how much do we believe that that potential is going to come to fruition. Now, There is another battle going on, and that's between Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace. This is supposed to be the cornerback opposite superstar Tredavious White. And a lot of people are on two different sides of the fence here. You have half of the people rooting for Dane Jackson because in the limited snaps he's played with the Bills, he's looked really good. But then you have the other half that likes Levi Wallace, who has never been great, but he hasn't been terrible. He's been okay and somewhat consistent. He has some physicality issues, and he doesn't necessarily have quite the same skill set as Dane Jackson. But he also has more experience. Is there one side of the fence that you're on when it comes to those two guys?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably say Levi Wallace would probably be my, my other my other guy. I mean, you, you have you have White who's just fantastic. I mean, you could, he, he's inarguably top 10 um that that is that is no doubt that the top five question is what it comes down to but he's definitely fantastic and he really makes it so these these secondary corners for the team have to have to do a little bit more because he almost takes off uh, half the field um with his ability to cover guys um you did address a little bit in the draft, uh, going after cornerbacks, uh, even secondary as a whole, uh, DeMar Hamilton and, uh, Richard wild goose love the name, by the way, um, in the sixth round, but, but that's, that's clear that they weren't too worried about, you know, what, uh, what Levi Wallace could bring to the table. Um, they, they know that the cornerback crew is all right. They want to focus on getting past rushers, um, and, and yeah, I mean, to answer it quite simply, I think, I think Levi Wallace is the, the second corner on the team, um, to pair with Tredavious White.
1: I love that wild goose. It is, it's an unbelievable name. It's Look, name. <laughs> I hope he makes the roster just so I can see that Jersey on game day, or if he doesn't play game day, at least just seeing him on the roster, seeing him practice, it it would be amazing. And yeah, it, it's true. Look, you have Tredavious White covering half the field. You do need to figure out that second spot. And I'll pose you this question. Is it possible that the Bills are still looking to bring in a veteran? They've done this in the past. It didn't work with Josh Norman. Could they consider doing that?
0: Yeah, because there's a great guy who is still available. And I think we're thinking of the same person. The great guy is still available. Who's looking for a team who's ready to win it all. His name's Richard Sherman.
1: I would love to bring in Richard Sherman. And honestly, I love the attitude he brings because he plays with a toughness that not all of the Bills currently play with. I think he brings something really special there. And obviously, of course, the big thing is, though, the big question mark is, is he willing to sign for a very small one-year deal, because that's the only way he's going to play with a team like the bills. And really that's the case with a lot of the top teams. They're very tight on salary cap. The cap didn't go up as much this season. It may go up next season or hopefully it will. So you hope that you can bring in a guy like Richard Sherman taking a discount so he can go win it all. And honestly, if they got Sherman, I would be super excited I don't think he's way past his prime. It sounds like you don't think so either. I think he still has a lot left in the tank.
0: Yeah, he surely has one season. That's for darn sure. Now, I, I didn't um, I didn't look at your guys' cap situation before I, I jumped on. I'm not really too sure how, how stable it is. But if you're willing to just say, you know what, let's dump out the rest of it uh, and go get Richard Sherman and, and just be set. Because I think you made some fantastic additions offensively. Um, that that is absolutely no doubt. Uh, you know, you you've got Stefan Diggs and in company at wide receiver. You know, that clearly there wasn't a fear at running back, they would have addressed it in the class. Um, you got Spencer Brown in the third round at at tackle, and I'm like, that is ridiculous. Uh, the fall for him, I thought that was a fantastic pick. So, your your line is is shaping up. You've obviously the past two drafts have now focused a lot on uh, on touching up that defensive line. So, what else do you guys really need to address, but just lock down that corner uh, position and just call it a day? Because in the end, Buffalo bills fans need not to worry about the season. They need to worry about who they're going to be facing in the playoffs. And you look at the teams, uh, the Ravens from last year, you'd assume they make it back. They just added a wide receiver. um, A very, very good one in Bateman. Um, You look at the chiefs, they already have great weapons. Um, you gotta find a way to neutralize that, and and, and the best way you're gonna do that is, is by getting a guy who's experienced, knows how to deal with uh with higher end guys in, in the league, and and pair him with Tre'Davious White, and, and still still keep guys like Wallace still in the rotation, and and I think you know it, it was, I'll compare it to Miami real quick. Uh, you know we brought in Byron Jones last uh, last year, and then that that's not in the same light as 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 Sherman, but we already had Xavier Howard. And Xavier Howard was a slow rise, very underrated player, you know, the last year before the season started, you bring in a guy like Byron and now teams are forced to throw to Xavier Howard. And, you know, he leads the league in picks because of that because he's still an elite level cornerback, you know, teams are going to have to pick. Who do you want to actually throw to you? Do you want to throw to Richard Sherman or do you want to throw to Ravius white? And that's a really hard thing to decide as a quarterback, as an offense when you're drawing up schemes the week before the game. So I guess what, what you, you definitely, so we definitely want to bring in Sherman. Um, but what really helped Miami too was, was the step up from guys like Nick Needham. Um, and, you know, just, just overall, just the whole cornerback crew gets lifted up when you bring in a good veteran that knows how uh, to help develop players as well. Uh, and Richard Sherman's perfect for that. Um And man, he's going to make he's going to make the defense more fearful, because I think that is the one thing you address uh, for the Buffalo Bills right now is is how can you make that defense more intimidating for guys like Mahomes to struggle a little bit more and give the young defensive edges and uh, pass rushers that you guys have brought in a little bit more time to to get after the quarterback and and just cause headaches. So I, I love I love an addition like Richard Sherman for you.
1: For sure. The Bills need to be a more feared defense. And the way you do that is two ways. One, you load up on the defensive line, which they have done through the draft. And then you tighten up the defense and you, you tighten up in zone or man-to-man coverage. And I like that you bring that up because you need two cornerbacks. You need two guys that are forcing you to not just pick on one because we saw last season that constantly Levi Wallace was picked on. And it's not because he's terrible, but he's nowhere near the caliber of Tradavius White. So teams just stay away from White and they pick on Wallace. So that hurts his numbers a little bit. But if you, got, if you bring in a guy like Sherman, you better believe they can't just pick on Richard Sherman and just leave White or, or vice versa. You have a completely different defense there. And I like that you talk about the parallel to the Dolphins because we saw... The Dolphins in one season became a really, really good defense. I uh, fear the Miami Dolphins defense. Now, of course, their offense is not necessarily solved yet, but this is a perfect example of bringing in one guy and it can really change everything. It can boost the confidence of other players. It can take the load off on some other players. And then, of course, off the field, when you look at locker room, it, it really changes the dynamic of a team. And I think bringing a guy of Richard Sherman's caliber would take this defense to a whole new level. Now you did talk about the salary cap. The bills currently have roughly 11 million. Now they had about three, 4 million. They were able to clear another seven to 8 million when they restructured Stefan Diggs's contract. Now the question is, do you go and spend it on Sherman? Do you split it up for a few guys? Do you just save that money? There's also a guy named Zach Ertz that could make the offense a lot better. We know the offense is very loaded up, but maybe you add another piece. I'm not sure. The point is there is the money there. I just think the Bills need to spend it wisely. And honestly, bringing in a guy like Sherman would be quite wise. Now, Tyler, final question for you. And it's specifically for fantasy purposes. I know your background is really on fantasy and scouting and the draft so let's talk fantasy do you have any players on the bills that are under the radar underdogs that you think could explode in fantasy leagues i want to make sure our listeners have some ideas of sneaky players that they can pick up mid to late rounds that may end up being a huge boom and not a bust
0: yeah well uh last year i did a lot of work on um on John Brown and it ended up being the wrong guy because the guy we should have been looking at is Cole Beasley. I mean, it is unbelievable how late this man goes in drafts. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like late teens, this man will go in drafts. He finished as the wide receiver 27 last year and now John Brown is gone. And yeah, there's a, there's a few rookies on the team. Like, like I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you Gabriel Davis could could make a step up. Um, Emmanuel Sanders was added, uh, in, in the off season. Um, but that's more of a John, uh, John Brown replacement. I guess, uh, I mean, I don't know how much, how much you've seen out of out of the young wide receivers that you guys have added uh, Isaiah Hodgins too, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, all these guys, uh, Kenny Stills is irrelevant. <laughs> that's, that's coming from a Dolphins fan, but Cole Beasley finishing as the wide receiver 27 last year and going in late teen rounds. And I get it. He's old. Um, and I'm talking even in dynasty aspects, getting a guy, uh, Getting a guy like Cole Beasley, he gives you value for a few years because Josh Allen has not changed. Josh Allen is still an MVP candidate um, year in and year out. They clearly haven't put a lot of weight into the running system, so I still see a lot of heavy passing volume coming out. Um, Why not Cole Beasley? Obviously, Josh Allen has that rapport with him. Maybe he doesn't build that as quickly with Sanders, and you can get a lot of value from Beasley at the beginning of the season. Now, you can't really get a value on guys like Stevon Diggs. I'm sorry, Bills fans. I know you want him, and I know in your leagues, your home leagues, you probably reach on him, and I don't blame you because I have shares of him too. Um, The man's fantastic, but but look at Cole Beasley as well. Um, I'm sure you guys have if if you've already started drafting. I'm sure you've looked at uh, all the Bills players, but Cole Beasley is definitely one that's flying under the radar. Now, he won't blow up. maybe a guy like Gabriel Davis will be that guy that blows up, but Cole Beasley is going to give you that baseline amount of points where if you have one of your wide receivers on bye week or one of your wide receivers goes down, it's not going to look sexy, but Cole Beasley is going to get some points for you. And that's really all you, all you want.
1: I like that prediction. I think that he's a really good player. He's going to give you really solid numbers. If you're in, a catching type of a league where they're giving points for catches. He's a big guy. He's a big PPR guy. Cause he gets a lot of looks from Josh Allen. I think on my side, I'm looking at a guy like Gabriel Davis or Isaiah Hodgins, because I think both those guys you can get in really late rounds, Isaiah Hodgins in particular. And I think those guys are going to get a lot of looks in the red zone. I don't think they're going to get huge target numbers if they get huge target numbers, that means Stefan Diggs or Cole Beasley are injured outside of that. I don't see that happening, but in the red zone with those guys size, their physicality, I could see them putting up some big numbers. When you look at Gabe Davis, he could have had 10 plus touchdowns. If a few touchdowns weren't taken away because he did have a few that were taken away. So you look at that in a rookie season for a guy who was basically your fourth receiver. It's pretty impressive. So I like Cole Beasley. I also like Hodgins, who I really was banking on last season. Of course, he went down with a shoulder injury, didn't end up playing, but then you have Gabriel Davis who really emerged and showed that he could actually be a legitimate, even number two receiver in the NFL. So we'll have to see very interesting stuff. I I love bringing you on. This is awesome because you have so much knowledge when it comes to fantasy football. So I'm sure closer to the season. We'll have to get you on talking fantasy football, talking AFC East fantasy football. So again, Tyler Moss, check him out at Tyler Moss NFL Tyler. Thank you so much for coming on and go bills. And I mean, look, I hope the dolphins do well, just not as well as the bills, but thanks a lot, Tyler.
0: Absolutely. Hey, I have you projected at 14 and three and I have you beating us both times. I'm trying to be unbiased here. I got a Dolphins flag flying in the background. I'm in enemy territory, but trying to be fair for you. I'll say go Bills because I hate the Jets a remarkably larger amount than any other team in the NFL and the Patriots are a nightmare too. You're my second favorite in the division. How about that?
1: I like that. I'll take it.